This episode is brought to you by Triggered 22 LLC, a veteran-owned apparel company. By purchasing a t-shirt, hat, or hoodie from Triggered 22, you're not only supporting a small business, but you're bringing awareness to veteran PTSD and suicide. Please help save the lives of those who fought for our freedoms. Visit Triggered22.com now and place your order. Let's help those suffering from invisible wounds. Welcome to the American Grown Podcast, hosted by Austin Sullivan. The American Grown Podcast will focus on people from different walks of life and their journey to where they are now. Now, turn up your volume and settle in for a great episode. Hi, I'm Austin Sullivan. This is the American Grown Podcast, recorded inside the ColorTech Creative Solutions Studios. Today, we have Jami Sintron, a medical assistant and author of The Dark Mother, Dark and Twisted Tales of a Woman Scorn. Jami, welcome to episode 45 of the American Grown Podcast. Thank you for having me. I know we've been working on this for almost a year now. I know, I'm really excited. Awesome. I can't wait to learn more about your book. And that's the main topic we want to cover today is your first ever self-published book, right? I believe it's your first ever. It is not my first ever, but it's it's the first one that I'm like really focusing on, like to try to yeah. like build. And it's your most recent one, I believe. Yes. Because this was released last October, 2022, yes. um, titled The Dark Mother, Dark and Twisted Tales of a Woman Scorn. So before we jump into the book and get all the juicy details on that, let's start about your early childhood, your life. Start from the beginning. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So officially, my name is Jami Lin. Everybody calls me Jami. I was born in Brooklyn, New York, and we moved here when I was about nine years old and I grew up here in Lebanon for a long time we were going back and forth for to visit my grandfather because he still lives over there okay so okay. we still make trips to yeah. see him and, and stuff did you like the the big city feel I personally do not I kind of like that the one thing I like about Lebanon is kind of like that it's kind of like a middle can still like drive if you want to get that that city feeling to like Harrisburg or Philly or whatever but you're not like stuck in it right it's easy to get to some bigger cities but it's kind of homey kind of feeling you yes. know yeah you're not always in the hustle and bustle so you're born up in Brooklyn New York moved to the area when you were nine uh, what was that transition like for you I remember and this kind of like an awkward memory but I remember when we were like driving in the first thing I thought was, because they had a lot of Commodore and stuff here, yeah, yeah. I thought was like, what is that smell? It's like, that's fresh air. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. For the listeners that aren't familiar with, like, Lebanon County and down into Lancaster, yeah, it's a lot of uh, horse and buggies, you have the Amish, mm-hmm. you have a lot of cows and horses and farmland, so it's a lot of sweet, fresh air that up in... New York, probably big smell difference. Yes, big difference. very different. Yeah. Even now, like when we go to visit my grandfather, it, it, that atmosphere is like heavier. But yeah. I think it's just because everybody's so like clustered in and energies are kind of clashed. Sense. And it's it's still very different when I come home. I believe it. Coming to Lebanon, mom, dad, you have siblings? Like who all who all came? Who all um. Came? So almost everybody on my mother's side lives here. 
so I have lots of siblings here. My mom, my biological dad lives in Puerto Rico still, but my stepfather, he also lives here with my mom. Did you go to Lebanon High School? Yes, so, I did. Okay, awesome. I actually, uh, I grew up on Walnut Street, just right off the road here. Okay. Uh, so I'm, anyway, I'm local. I'll be 32 in October, and yeah, born and raised in Lebanon. So uh, what was that like then, going from a Brooklyn New York school, which probably, I don't know, hundreds of kids to, to Lebanon here. Was it like? was very different. I know when I first came, I think I started in third grade, and um, I didn't even know how to read. No. When I, when I first moved here, I didn't know how to read or write in English at all. So it was weird because, like, my third grade teacher, he was the first teacher to be, like, we kind of got to hold you back. Like, yeah. you can't go to the next word. Like, in New York, they were just like, whoa, you can do it next year. And they just kind of just passed us. Just let you go. Yeah. Your third grade teacher was like, hey, we got we to gotta address this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and now, look, you went from not being able to, what did you say, read and write mm-hmm. in English. And now you're, you're writing, you know, books. You're self-published. Do you remember the third grade teacher's name at all? Yeah, Mr. Herb. He's actually, um, I dedicated my first book to him. And he's one of the many people that, like, when people ask me, like, why I started writing and stuff, he's one of the first mentors that I've really had in yeah. life. And what would you say, like, you really learned from him that you still carry with you? It would have to be that even though there are things that are hard to do and transitions that are hard, it's very beneficial to make it, like, push through it and still just carry that. And I really do carry that with me still. And what was the title of that first book? Um, It's Azila of the Mountain. Okay. It's like a young adult book. It's for, like, teenagers and okay. younger tweens. Is that on Amazon? Like, where can people mm-hmm. find that one? Okay. Yeah. That one's under, like, because I had a pen name for that one, so that one's under the PJ Jami. Third grade, you know you have to read and write, and you're learning all that. So then how did it? How did the rest of the of high school go then? Or, or I shouldn't say high school, but middle school into high school. It actually went, um, middle school was awesome. My fifth grade year, I had won a writing contest that's when I officially started writing okay was when I was in fifth grade my teacher Miss Leahy she we had to do the PSSA things um so like she used to make us do like these practice writing prompts all the time and the one she made us do I still remember the prompt it was like what is the first things that we see when we come home after school and I wrote this whole thing about how my mom is in the kitchen and she's cooking rice and there's like 50 million kids running around. And But I remember like she pulled me to the side and she was like, I really like like how detailed you went into this and so detailed that you even gave me the color of your mom's skin and how she has a round face and and then after that, she was she asked me if I would if I would join the writing contest. So that's when I started writing. So the writing contest, do you remember what you had to write about? I wrote about I wrote a short story on how the cheetah got its spots, and it actually won second place. And whoever the contest was with at the time, they basically like buy your rights after. Yeah. And they went on to like 
publish a book using oh, wow. kind of like the same concept yeah, type yeah. thing. I feel like I've heard of that. Like, I feel like that. It's called like How the Leopard Bought got his spots now it's yeah. called something like that okay so fifth grade you really discovered riding you found your love for riding how did that carry over then into the the rest of high school high school for me was not easy um i was just very like rebellious in high school yeah. how um, so well my sister i grew up in an extended family so i don't know if you know anything about what an extended family is but that's kind of like where we spend long periods of time living with, like, my grandmother, my uncles, cousins, all those okay. things. So a lot of my cousins, I look at them like they're more siblings than they are cousins. So, like, my older sister, she was a big part of, like, keeping me in check. So she ended up joining the Marines when Whoa. I went into, like, ninth grade. And I kind of... Uh, some of my older brothers they kind of got into some trouble so they were like out of the picture and I became I went from being like one of the younger middle type siblings to the oldest and I don't think I liked it very much okay (laughs) yeah and that's what those older siblings do like I'm on my mom's side uh, I'm the oldest I have two younger sisters and on my dad's side I have a younger brother I mean and they're all in their 20s now but I could see how your your older sister being an older sibling, you kind of keep watch on it, all the, mm-hmm. you know, younger siblings and younger family members. So I could see how, you know, she goes off to the Marines and then it's kind of like put on your shoulders and you're like, I don't know if I really want to do this. Yeah, I yeah. was not. I was like, I'm not doing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So high school's good. Learn to write English. You're winning contests for your writing, which is phenomenal. What was the plan for after high school? Honestly, we were, because our family was so big. Um, my mom, she was an epileptic, so she was like always sick as well. Honestly, I didn't have a plan. I didn't think that I could afford to go to school to like go to college or anything like that. And even if I would have been able to know what I wanted to go to college for, I still didn't know how I would even go about it. So I didn't really have a plan. I just kind of just stumbled through for a while until probably until I had my daughter which I was like 22 when I had her. So that's when I was like, you know what? I'm going to have a girl. Maybe it's time for me to like get it together. Like yeah, be a good example. Like a switch went off. Yeah. Kinda, and you're like, okay, I got to step up. Or I, I think that's for a lot of people, right? When they have their first child. My wife and I just had a our first. Now she's going to be a year old. This episode will come out later, but uh, on September. And it definitely like your your whole world changes. I had yeah. my son first. He was he's my oldest, but even when I had him, it yeah. was like like I was working two jobs, but I was still not in that mindset like I got to do better. You know, like I was just like, okay, I'm doing it. Well, I'm making it. It is what it is, but it was really when I had my daughter that it kind of like clicked for me cuz I'm I stopped and I was like, you know, there's going to come a point in life where she's going to look at me like this is the first example of a female that I have. So that's when I was like, yeah, I got to get it together. Yeah. So what were those next steps like? So I initially got kicked out of high school, so I didn't even have my high school diploma at that time. So my first steps was I it was like day and night like that. 
Two weeks later, I got my GED. A year later, I went into um, medical assistant school. And I was just, from there, I was just like, we're just going to keep, we're going to keep progressing and pushing through. And just grinding and, and hustling to better yourself. That's phenomenal. Yeah. All right, so you go to medical school. What was that like? That was awesome, honestly. Um, it was really a game changer for me in life because my grandmother used to always tell me, oh, you should go to nursing, you should go to nursing. But I was a bit of a tomboy as a kid. So I was like, I'm not doing that. That's girly. <laughs> That's for girls. Um, so then when I did go, I was like, man, I really like this. Like they have like a lot more options. It's not just like giving back rubs and yeah like i'm like this is this is cool i could do this so then i kind of like fell in love with the idea and then when i f- initially started working at the hospital it kind of just solidified it for me and what hospital i worked at well i think it's wellspan now but yeah. it was good sam oh, good at sam. that time yeah so you started out there mm-hmm. okay and and you're a medical assistant so what do you do what's your day-to-day like and you must be good with like blood because you have to draw blood and things like that yeah right now i work for hershey actually i work at hershey and i'm a float medical assistant so i go to all the clinics which is amazing because i get to see all the different specialties and different things but we do a lot of things like uh we do have to draw blood i do ekgs and some dopplers and oh, wow. vitals and all kinds of things yeah it's never boring uh, it keeps you, know? you busy yeah, yeah yeah and the blood doesn't bother you you're no cool. you're okay with that all right i had a, a, a couple episodes back a gentleman on that he was going to go into the medical field um, but then realized that he couldn't do blood because they had um, one of the classes they showed him how to do a pick line mm-hmm. and he almost passed out he couldn't do it I'm all about the blood and guts. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, hey, it's good you are because we need people like that. So that's phenomenal. Wow. From where you were, couldn't write, read English to now working up at Hershey Med. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And what's nice about being a nurse is like you can work at the VA. You can work at a retirement community, you know, at the hospitals. Like the job security is so good there. Yeah, there's definitely a lot. There's definitely a lot of avenues that um you can take. So if... There's some nurses that aren't good with blood, where yeah. they would just be like, I'm not going to, I'm not doing no blood work or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, they stay away from it. They can. That's they awesome. They have the yeah. option. So now, having the kids at home, full-time at, at Hershey Med, how do you then have time to do your writing? So, my writing is kind of like weird, because my writing, the way that I get inspired to write is very random, like really random. I can just be walking down the street one day and see something, and I'll be like, oh, man, that would be like such a cool story, and then I'll have to sit down. I walk everywhere I go. I always have like a notebook with me. In my phone, my notes are ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> they don't even make sense to like the normal person. Yeah. But um, so I, anytime I have like, a chance to whether that's like at lunchtime after the kids go to bed sometimes i'll be taking a shower and like it's my relaxed time and i'll be writing in the shower yeah. oh wow which my daughter thinks is ridiculous but it's yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's whenever like inspiration strikes you're in your notes on your phone just recording that or writing it up for future Yes, pretty much. Okay. I feel like that's how some of the best creatives are. Like if it hits, you got to you got to act on it. 
you know. It's definitely, like, hard. Then I have, like, when I write my books, I usually have to take all those notes that I wrote in, like, whatever span it was and have to sit down and kind of, like, organize them. But by the time I'm done, like, ready for the typing stage, like, I really have to like you know when people that that have ADD they say like their mind is not like chaotic it's just like an organized mess yeah yeah that's kind of like how my mind works like I have to have like the tv on and I have to have like headphones in I'm not listening to anything the tv it's just like weirdly like I have to put myself in over sensory mode type uh, yeah. to be able to like zoom out and focus on just the writing part. I can see it's it's your process. Yeah, it's definitely strange. Yeah, <laughs> it, but it works for you, you know, it works for you. And and I'm sure everyone out there has their own kind of process they go through. Like like you said, I like music. Even sometimes when I'm editing the podcast and people are talking, I'll still have my phone playing music like real quiet, but so I can still hear it and I'll be editing. So now what would you say is your writing style? It would definitely be like a mixture of descriptive and creative writing. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to dive in here and give kind of like a synopsis of your book. So I'm going to read this here. The Dark Mother, Dark and Twisted Tales of a Woman's Scorn. Okay, so here we go. Many have grown up thriving on the stories of the sweet and knowledgeable Mother Goose. Her stories shape the minds of thousands of children around the world. They help to build their character and produced resilience within us all. From Peter, who picked peppers, to the old woman who lived in the shoe, who had way too many kids, she didn't know uh, what to do. Her stories told of an innocence that was uh, nurtured and protected. This provided somewhat of a manual on how to overcome childhood obstacles and fears. The tales told by the Dark Mother are the exact opposite of what Mother Goose produced. Where Mother Goose brought hope, the Dark Mother demolishes it in these tales of caution. You will read of the darkness that creeps in through the world, a darkness that lurks in the darkest parts of the human soul, a darkness we all work so hard to bury. That's a lot. Yeah. So t- <laughs> like, let's, let's, let's dissect that. Um, Tell us about the book first, I guess. Uh, like, what inspired you to write it? And then, yeah, let's get into that. Mother Goose, I love her. I don't even know why she, we don't have her books around anymore. Yeah, they should be that's way just, more popular. Yeah, it just yeah. doesn't make sense to me. But I loved her, her books. The way that there was always more than one story in the book always, like, was my favorite part of the book. Because it's like, I can have this one book that has... 10 stories in it and I don't have to like again we didn't have a lot of money so it was like we're not wasting money buying 10 books I I can buy this one book so yeah I like that about her but I don't know the reason why I wrote I started writing the dark mother was because one of my brothers had passed in 2017 and I kind of just like went into like a dark place and I was trying to find a way to help make sense of some things that had happened in my life and things that I felt would have happened in my life if I would have went a different way about things. Um, 
then I, I got the idea like, oh, well, what if I just write one book with a bunch of stories? That turned into, well, what if I do like a three-part series? Okay. You know, yeah. where it's like three books and they all tie into like different lessons that life is gonna is trying to teach me or teach other people not just me but so yeah you make a great point what's so nice about that book is there's multiple short stories you know in in the one book that's how your book is yes okay um this one has five short stories in it they all play on things that women go through in life so um one of them is like postpartum another one is with mental health there's one that has to do with like the aftermath of what happens like with like rape or murder stuff like that and what would happen if instead of women just taking it Mm -hmm. taking the bad and being like, well, we got to push through. You have to be the delicate flower. Yeah. Like, what would happen if we fed into that negativity that everybody thinks about? Because I honestly believe that every human has the good and bad thing that they go through their whole life. Like, there's times where I've been in the grocery store as a kid and I'm like, man, I really want that chocolate bar, you know, but yeah. we're broke do I want to take the chocolate bar, you know? So, like, I feel like everybody goes through things like that. So the Dark Mother, this one focuses on what happens if we feed into it instead of talk ourselves out of it. So it's kind of like the the angel, the devil on your shoulder, uh, the light and dark in people that, you know, it's that internal kind of battle. But it's not a children's book. No, No. definitely not a children's book. And each story has a disclaimer because there is a lot of like, like I said, there's the murder in some of them and like rape and postpartum, things like that. So I try to put a disclaimer before the story so that I'm not triggering anybody. You know, if that's something you don't want to read, you don't have to read that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're they're definitely very um, heavy hitting topics. Yes. And serious topics. Yeah. So how was that, like, writing that for you? Like, what what emotion did did you go through in writing it? There was a couple of the stories that I wrote that I cried the whole time I wrote them. One of the stories in there is The Sin Eater. That one was hard for me. Just because, like, as a kid, I went through sexual abuse. And it was something that kind of, like, hit home for me. But... At the time, I was kind of like on this spiritual journey because my brother had just passed and I was trying to like figure out where I'm going to move in my life this time. So I was like, I'm just going to push through it. This is like my way of like pushing through it. You so, know? so it's uh, your your book is it's like an outlet. Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. And it, it helps you. So you're not only helping others, women, you know, and, and men can read it, too. I mean. These are all very serious topics and learn from it, but it's also an outlet then for you to release stress and and any kind of negative energy. Yes, definitely. Can you walk us through what the process was like um, to create this book? Like, how do you go about, I mean, so you, you write the ideas in your notes on your phone and then you type it up on a computer, but like, how do you become a self-published author? Like, what's the process? I write the ideas, then I do this crazy web 
and then I sit down and I type it up. But my book was published through the Amazon. Okay. So they helped me like with all the step by step ways to do it and how to pick the cover that I wanted to do and just how to upload. It's pretty like it's not very hard. That part. Okay. That part is not hard. I think the hardest part is trying to pick which ideas you want to like web out and expand on and kind of fixate into. Gotcha. So it's more the creative, uh, the writing part is is the harder part. And then Amazon helps simplify like the actual creating of the hard copy book. Right. Okay. The cover of the book. How did you pick that? Because I I remember seeing it and the first thing I thought, I think the the hands are folded. It's a woman um, with like the hood up. And I just pictured like Virgin Mary or like a nun or just a woman in mourning, something like that. So ideally... I wanted the book at the end, well, not ideally, but at the end of my conclusion of making the book, I decided that I wanted to make it a series, but I wanted, I want the series to be kind of like a play off of the fates. In like Greek mythology, the fates are like the three sisters. One controls like what could happen and the other one controls what will happen and then one controls what's happening right now type thing. And I kind of wanted to take that and play off of that. But every time I think of those three sisters, mm-hmm. I always think of them like these evil, like, henchmen nun. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, that's how they look, right? <laughs> like with, like, black hoods and stuff. Yeah. But green is one of my favorite colors. And I feel like it makes me feel inspired. It gives me hope. So I really liked it that her hood was green because I was like, okay, so it can give her that ominous feeling while also still inspiring hope. When you mentioned the the fates, right? Uh, I think of the Disney movie Hercules. Yes. Yeah, and they're I mean they're older, which you look and you know skin's all wrinkly and everything, and they're missing eyeballs. But that's kind of what I think of. And then I like that your favorite color is green, so you tie that into the cover. To give people hope because, again, they are such deep and traumatic topics. So where can people purchase your book or where can they read it? I'm working on building a website for where people can get it directly from me because I've had a lot of people that have asked me to do it like that instead of getting it on Amazon. But for right now, you can get it on Amazon. Okay, perfect. And they have hard copy. And I think I saw you can get it on on Kindle as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. When I was doing some research on Amazon, there was a section there, of course, about the author. And I want to read this quote because I think it really resonates with the world nowadays. And I want to get your, your take on it. And again, you, you might have written this a while back, but here it is. Just a small town girl trying to help people learn their worth and give those who are in distress tools to help build them back up to the person that they were intended to be. And then this is the line right here. Because in all the madness, we tend to forget that even when God breaks us, he will never leave us broken. That really hits hard. And what does that quote mean to you? That quote for me is a lot. So also while I was going through losing my brother and stuff, um, <clears throat> I was also in the process of going through a divorce. And um, it wasn't very good. It was very toxic. And 
I just, I had lost myself in that marriage. Yeah. I forgot who I wanted to be. And I forgot that there was possibilities for other versions of me. Like, I didn't have to only be the person that I was at that time. Um, so it took a lot for me. And I did feel very broken at that time. Because for me, it was like I just lost my brother. And now I'm also going through my divorce. And what's going to happen with my kids? And it was just a lot of pulling me in different directions. So I really felt broken. I really felt like I didn't know really what God was trying to do with me at that time. But then, like, as I continued to write the book, and it's a very gory book. I know, like, a lot of people don't read my book and think, oh, this is a sentimental book because it's so gory. But it has a lot of sentiment to me because where I was at at that time when I wrote that book, um, it kind of helped to help me focus on all these things that have happened to other people, even though some of them, some of the things in my book never happened to me, but they have happened to people that I know or I've heard of stories, you know, on the news and stuff like that. Right. And it's like all these things could have happened to me, but they didn't. Mm -hmm. Instead, the things that happened to me happened to me. And instead of like living in that and just soaking in that toxic I just yeah was like what if God broke me because I needed more possibilities you know like when I don't know if you know anything about gardening but yeah. like when you cut my grandma does this thing where she'll cut a branch off of a tree mm -hmm. and then she'll grow roots from the branch yeah and initially I used to think as a kid I was like man why did she do that to that tree? Yeah, you know? yeah. she broke but it, then right. She's like making all these other versions of the same tree, wow. you know? Right. So then I had to like stop and be like, what if that's what God's doing for me? What if he had to break this version of me? Because it's not the version that I'm supposed to stay being. Yeah, there's more to your life than, than where you were. And sometimes, and I, I believe everything does happen for a reason. I know it's easy to, to say that, but in the moment, whether it's good or bad, but it's, it's to better us. And when I read that, God breaks us, he will never leave us broken. I was like, wow. So I feel like a lot of people feel that way, you know, nowadays in, in general. You know, it's, it's, it's tough, you know, price of gas going up, price of everything going up. And whether it's the war in Ukraine or politics and all this nonsense. And it's like, I feel like as a, as a, as a whole, you know, it's inspiring to read that. Even though God may break us down he's never going to leave us broken. So I right. just really, when I read that, I was like, whoa. What would you say motivates you to be the best version of yourself? Definitely my kids, hands down. And I know that's a very generic answer, but they really, they really, they do. I take being a mom very seriously. And I want to make sure that everything I do, I'm doing it as my best because dr phil said one time yeah and i know that's so weird but he has said one time that the first example that men have are the fathers and the first example that a woman has is their mother 
And even though I can't control what everybody else does, mm-hmm. you know, I can control what I do. So in me trying to control what I do, I want to make sure that when my daughters are 20 and 25 and they're like, Mom, why did this happen? There, I, have no, I will have no regrets because yeah. I know that I put 110% into being a mom. Everything else uh, is a learning curve for me. I'm figuring it out as I go. But as a mom, yeah. I know that I'm putting in the work. And I know that I'm trying my very best to be the very best so that they can be 50 and have their kids and be like, well, this is how my mom did it. So this is how we're going to do it. Yeah, you know? right. Kids, they love you unconditionally, right? And it's your job as a parent to protect them to mold them like exactly what you're saying to to give them you know the best life the best future that that we can you know as parents and no matter what they're with you through thick or thin you know I, th- I feel like family in general but definitely your kids yeah they never told me like when I first was pregnant with my son a lot of people were like oh it's gonna be so hard you're so young but they never told me how hard like in what way it was going to be hard But it took me a little bit to realize that the people that my kids are going to become are because of me, you know? So, like, I'm I'm planting that seed. So, like, tomorrow's tree is because I planted that seed in them. So I try to, like, make sure that I plant good seeds in them and not things that are going to further disturb the world. That's very well put. I, I agree with you 100%. So would you say then your passion, is it is it your, your children? Is your passion your writing? Could it be both? I think so. <laughs> I think it could, yeah. You could be passionate about many things, I feel like, yeah. I love writing because I feel like writing gives me a voice. I love my children because my children give me an opportunity, you know, where... I mean, I love being Puerto Rican because I feel like there need there's more need in the Spanish community, and that's something also that I'm like pushing towards, um, so that I could better help my community. But it's just like it's just so many things like that just revolve around just those three things: family, God, and me. So, one of the questions I have is the items you brought with you, but I don't know if you. I had time to bring anything. I just... What, do you have something? Yeah, yeah. I only brought my book. Oh, sure. Yeah, bring, my, oh, put it out here. And my journal. Okay. Oh, put them both out. Oh, so this is go. my book in Spanish because I wrote it in Spanish. Oh, they even have like a soft touch on the cover. Oh, yeah, I like how it matted. feels. Yeah, they're matte. Yeah, like a soft <laughs> touch matte. It almost feels like um, like some of those iPhone cases they came out with. It has that touch to it. Whoa. So Yeah, here it is. Oh, there you are. On the back is a picture of you. It's got the uh, synopsis there and everything. And it's nice because what I like about it is I think it's maybe 80 or 90 pages. I forget the, the page count, but it's not like, you know, sometimes you're reading like Harry Potter novels and you forget like what you've read the couple days before. Oh, and here. Yep. So like here's the beauty of the sin warning story may contain violence, rape and vulgar content. So you, that's nice that you put in those warnings just to let people know you know, what they're getting into. And I like this picture a lot too, um, on the, on the Spanish version. Um, and we'll take pictures. Pictures will be up on, on Facebook and Instagram, American Grown Podcast. But yeah, so tell us about 
the books and and your journal like what do they mean to you so my journal is everything i been journaling since probably since i learned how to write in english honestly um it doesn't make any sense like if you can see there's just random. You got sticky notes in there. Okay, yeah. It's just random thoughts. Your handwriting's nice, though. Thank My handwriting's you. bad, yeah. It's just random thoughts and stuff, but I feel like it helps keep me grounded. So the journal, I mean, obviously very important. And then your books here, the English version and the Spanish version, um, what do they mean to you now that, you know, they've been out for almost a year? These actually mean a lot more. To be honest, um, I just started the process because my name, now that my divorce is finalized and everything, my name has changed over. So that is one thing because now I started the process of like amending it so that I can have my name put oh, in there. Yeah. But I love this because it's like a visual representation of what I left behind. This is who I was, but now... My next book that's supposed to come out in February is Who I Am Now. So it's okay. a lot of like, it's weird because I wanted, when I first did this book, I was like, you know, I'm going to do the fates. And it's like, this one is based on what could happen, you know? So like now I'm working on the one that's going to come out and it's who I am now. So it's like who I'm supposed to be type thing, you know, yeah. what my future is going to be like. It's like, it's very emotional for me. Having the Spanish version is probably like my favorite part of the whole thing because our people just went through a lot of things with Maria and everything that happened. And it's just like my way of giving back a little bit. And it's not something that it's big in the island because you don't hear a lot of people talking about libraries and stuff like that there, but... I like to know that I have like the little pebbles yes. going into that direction, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. Or uh, a saying, you mentioned like little pebbles, little stones, you know, dropped into a large body of water. That little stone can have a big ripple effect. Exactly. You know what I mean? And you don't know who, you know, your books are, are touching or affecting, you know, or making change in their life. If if you're making change in a handful of people's lives, I mean, that's, that's pretty big. Ideally. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So now... Do you have a title for your book coming out in February? Like, did you want to mention it or can we not talk about it? I have like three, so I'm still in the works. I haven't decided, but I just pull it up. Yeah, yeah, sure. She's going to pull it up in your notes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just curious. Kind of get like a a sneak peek here. (laughs) Good amount of people will hear it. Two that I have is um, The Dark Mother Buried Tales of the Past or... The other one that I kind of like I'm leaning more towards is The Dark Mother, The Sisters Untold Stories. Because okay. it's going to be that one I'm kind of leaning towards or maybe like playing around with it a little bit. Because I like the fact that it says this, there's a sister. So Yeah, I like that one. How can our listeners connect with you and follow along on your journey? I do a lot of social media. So definitely Facebook, it's um, Jamalette's author page, and then my IG and my TikTok. I do some readings when I do like um, my book signings and stuff. Okay. I try to record uh, a reading, me reading a clip 
or something like that and then i'll put that on tiktok so you can get like a little like sneak at what the one chapter one story of that yeah. that day that i used that's really cool that's a um, great idea but for my ig and my tiktok it's jami the writer which is j-a-m-i and then writer the writer the writer yeah. with the t-h-e yes okay the writer okay gotcha cool perfect and i will in the show notes that is attached to the episode i'll put a link to normally i do like the facebook so i'll put a link to your facebook and then everybody can click that and check it out and i'll also put a link to amazon so if they'd like they can go and purchase directly uh, they can purchase the book there i think it was like what 19.99 or something so it's fairly priced yes. yeah it's very reasonable so before we close out is there anything else you would like to share with the listeners I guess my book signing, because my book signing is okay. in October. Oh, perfect. Yeah. On the yeah. 28th. But it's here in the library. And my book is actually in the library. Oh, no, you got to tell us. I didn't know that. Okay, they so, took it. So right here, Lebanon County's local library, right here, um, downtown Lebanon, right behind uh, Lebanon Hack Building, right across from like Fulton Bank, YMCA's right there. So your book is there. English and Spanish versions are both there? Yep. Oh, that's so cool. And you have a signing coming up, what'd you say, October? 28th. 28th. Okay, what what time? Three and five. Three and five. Three to five. Three to five. Whoa, that's awesome. Yeah, that's definitely want to shout that out. Yeah. yeah, I'm really excited. I was really excited that they decided like to put it into their collection because I grew up here. So I'm like, I get to like visually see how my little bits are affecting my community, that is so which cool. I love that. That's awesome. And I love when local business, local nonprofits, or just locals in general, like support each other. That's really cool. Jami Cintron, medical assistant and author on the American Grown podcast in the ColorTech Creative Solutions Studios. Thank you for joining me. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. To see photos of today's guests and more content, just search American Grown Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. If you'd like to be a featured guest on the podcast, please direct message or email Austin at AmericanGrownPod at gmail.com.